0: Amen. I'm excited about Aaron coming. Father, thank you in the name of Jesus for our brother. Thank you for the team out west. We praise you, God, for uh, just our, our that we're family. And I thank you for the anointing in my brother. You got a word working in him. He's going to just cut it loose and yeah. not sure how it's coming out, he says. and yeah. And I'm excited about that. So Holy Spirit, lead him. Thank you. He doesn't have to operate in the flesh. He's got to motivate no one. He's just got to move by the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord God, use him for your glory, to bring your glory, in Jesus' name, amen and amen.
1: Amen, amen. It's good to be here with you. Uh, you know, Sam had asked me uh, a couple of months ago, he said, what's something that uh, the Lord is working on you as a leader in? And I said, I really feel like this is year he wants uh, me to operate in weakness, because then his, his grace and his strength is sufficient, amen? I didn't think he was going to do it now. I was kind of banking closer to 2021. Um, but but uh, a couple weeks ago, Sam said, anything stirring in your heart? I said, uh, man, revival and leadership is really stirring in my heart. And uh, I just, I really felt that to the very core uh, of these things stirring in my heart. And so tonight, it's, it's different for me because it, I don't have a sermon. I don't have a teaching. I have a stirring. And, and so it's just different. That's not typically, I, I like to come with a sermon or I like to come with a teaching. And the Lord's just stirring in my heart. And so um, I'm just going to just, and then you sort it out. Amen? However God wants you to sort it out. And, and uh, so, yeah, so just one more time. Father, may you come in a demonstration of power. and Would you just less words demonstrating your power? Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. So let me just uh, quickly share about uh, what what I want to talk about tonight. I actually uh, I want to talk about revival, like this holy roar, awakening a dormant faith Um, and let me just kind of share just a personal testimony of where this came from. Um, I've heard, I've heard shared over and over and over. People say, you know, faith is the currency of heaven. And and if faith is the currency of heaven, I believe it's the currency of earth as well, right? Because heaven invades earth and they become one. And so I I really feel strongly that God is doing something in the faith of his people. And I just give you an example of this. I just got back from a a ski trip with 30 men in, in Colorado. These are church-going men. Uh, they love the Lord. Uh, their life, I mean, you from all from looking out kind of from the outside in, everything looks good. Leaders in the church, all these things. And these men are up there, and then um, something breaks loose. We're studying Ephesians 4.20 and throwing off the old man, you know, being renewed by the spirit in our mind and, and putting on the new man. Something breaks loose in this room of 30 men. And, and all of a sudden, we start laying hands on one another, praying over one another, and it's just like this doubt and unbelief starts coming out of men. And I'm telling you, guys who've been, you know, I'm looking at them going, oh, they're solid leaders. They're confessing their doubts, and they're confessing that they've really had a faith that's been dormant. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. But they're, they're confessing they've just, just doubted the Lord's goodness. They've just doubted that the Lord can do this or that or the other. And so it's breaking off of them. And all of a sudden, these men that I've never heard of starts prophesying over one another, starts like sharing visions with one another. We're a bunch of, like we just watched the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, right? And now we're prophesying over one another. And I'm like, this is better than the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. And so there was something in that moment that the Lord just, um, man, he he shifted something in my heart. and, And all of a sudden, this revival of faith just this revival of faith to, to a greater level came. And, and I began to think about Peter's confession of Jesus. And before Peter ever got to see what Jesus did, before Peter ever got to see Jesus go to the before any of those things, when, when Jesus said, Who people say, I am, and he says, You are the Christ, you Messiah. And that moment, that confession of faith, Jesus said, Man, on that confession of faith, build my church and the gates of hell will not uh, prevail. And then you see Peter start to. Start to adapt. You see Peter start to waver. You see Peter start to, to have some unbelief in his heart as Jesus is making his way to the cross. And then something happens. He sees the resurrected Christ. He gets filled at Pentecost. And then from that moment on, you see revival in the church. And I, I just, I, in my heart, I just, I wonder in my heart if the next great awakening isn't for necessarily all of those that don't believe yet but it's awakening the faith of those who do i'm wondering if the next great awakening is this thing that that i feel like the lord is trying to bring out of us which is a a dormant faith and so um yeah i'll I'll be honest with you when sam said do you want to come share at saturday night i go no (laughs) i know he's like is the lord stirring something i said yes i want to see revival he goes come share it on saturday i go no no, I don't. I don't want to do that. I actually told him no last night. And then I texted him back and I said, yes. And I told him no again. And then I, I literally, the Lord, all night long, he's just stirring in my heart. He's going, just bring something messy. Just bring something messy. I'll sort it out, right? And and so six o'clock this morning, I said, okay, I guess I'm in. And um, yeah, so I don't really know what we're doing. Uh, the Lord gave me a word this year in 2020 in and. The, the, the word that I feel like he gave me was just ask. Because I've had just this real difficult time asking. I've always felt in my life, like, create, right? Don't wait, create. And uh, and he's shifting all that stuff in my life right now. But he's just like, ask me and trust me and trust my goodness. And the reason that asking was such a big deal to me is that it requires me to believe in a deeper faith that God is good at giving if if I'm gonna ask. And so. Um, On Thursday morning, we we were in a prayer uh, uh, group and I was overcome by emotion when we started to read Romans chapter four, verse 20, which is kind of the prayer that the Kansas was praying um, that particular week. And Romans chapter four, verse 20 says, yet he, Abraham, did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but in fact was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Being fully, everybody say fully, being fully persuaded, some say convinced, being fully persuaded, convinced that God had power to do what he had promised. I began to ask my, just my heart it was just like, what does it look like to be fully convinced? Fully convinced. And so just my end goal tonight, um, I'm just to tell you for, for the very end of this thing is that we have a bunch of people, your leaders from across the city or people from across the city challenged to go back to your places that we would be people who are fully convinced in our faith of what God can do. I was, I was struck in my heart, the more, the more that Abraham didn't see all that was being laid out, the more that he didn't see all that was being laid out regarding God's promise, the more his faith increased. I think how contrary that is to my life, and, and I'm wondering if that's contrary to your life as well, that we tend to say, man, if I'm not seeing, if I'm not feeling, and I, and, and, or whatever it may be, I'm not sure, I doubt, unbelief begins to sink in, and then I begin to waver, and I just felt the Lord say, um, when you're convinced, when you're convinced that I have the power to do what I promised, then you'll see. When you're convinced, I just, I want you to know I felt this. When you're convinced, Aaron, that I have the power to do what I promised, then you'll see. And that is so contrary to what I like. I want to see and then be convinced. It's that John 20, 29 principle, blessed are those who believe without seeing. And so I had this moment of just, um, we're praying and I'm weeping on Thursday morning because the Lord gave me this picture. And, um, this may sound corny or cliche, um, Chronicles of Narnia. Anybody see? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good Christian flick, right? Um, Chronicles of Narnia. I haven't seen it for years. I have not seen it for years. But as we're praying and we're asking God, just awaken faith, awaken faith, you have um, the Narnians, the animals. You know, they're out in the forest. They've gone back to being under suppression. Uh, wickedness is all around them. They've forgotten the freedom that they had under the rule of Aslan, the lion. Do you guys remember that, right? Kind of this representation of Jesus. So there's a measure of faith that they have. They're like, we kind of remember what we had and now we really don't, and so unbelief and doubt had sunk in, and very few still believe. Very still, few still believe to the core, and then all of a sudden, you've got these children that show up in Narnia, and the youngest child, this little girl, has this faith. She's got this faith that she's been seeing him, She's like, I'm seeing him. And she's going around and she's telling everybody, I'm seeing Aslan, I'm seeing the line, I'm seeing the line. They're like, no, you're not. No, you're not, you're not seeing him. He's gone, he's gone. And so they're building their own army. They're trying to do their own thing. And she's going, I'm telling you, I see him, even though they were saying, no, you don't see him. And in her heart, she goes, I'm fully convinced. You go build your army, I'm gonna go after him. I'm fully convinced. And to sum it all up, she finds him and then all of a sudden he does something. He, 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 he sees the wickedness getting ready to come against the people and he gives this holy roar. You guys remember that? Like he roars and it's like the trees blow and the forest comes alive and it's like all of the armies of God begin to gather against the wickedness that's there. And if you remember the picture of the ones who are even frozen, dormant, you remember the ones that were frozen? He breathes on them and they come back. And as we were praying, I just, I saw, and if I butchered that movie and that ruined it for you, I'm so sorry, go, go rent it, okay? But that's how I remember it, all right? But, but in that moment, I just, we were praying, and I'm like, God, would you just give a holy war like that? That these people who, God, whose, whose faith is just dormant, it's there, it's there. They, they once said yes to you, they believe in you. We have churches full of people that have faith to a certain extent, but it's just dormant, it's inactive. God, that you would just roar and that you would awaken something in their hearts, that that would cause a revival. But here's the thing, not a revival to just fill stadiums, a personal vi- revival inside of our hearts that then becomes a corporate revival, amen? It's like, I want my heart revived so then I can be a part of what you're doing in the greater thing. I don't want to listen to just some guy speak. I want to listen to you speak. And so. And so I I was like, okay, what does dormant mean? So I looked up the word dormant, and the word dormant means having normal physical functions suspended, slowed down for a period of time as in a deep sleep, in a state of rest or inactivity, not active or growing, but has the ability to be active and grow. So I began to say, Lord, would you, like there's something about revival when you give your holy roar where you begin to awaken something that's inactive but has the ability to be active. So the Lord shows me when He roars, that which is dormant, that unbelief, that doubt, will become active and alive again. I felt like that's what happened when we were up there in this condo of Colorado. God just like He roared throughout this place. And these men who are leaders who are dormant in their faith begin to prophesy and have visions once again. I'm telling you, it can happen. I mean, that's small, now imagine the revival. <laughs> when, not if, when he does that again, okay. And so, um, yeah, let me just share a, a couple of things on this. Like I said, it's a hodgepodge. Um, I was asking the Lord and and just looking through all the verses that talk about roaring and, and you know, the Lord's voice is like a roar of a river, or the roar of a lion, and, And uh, he took me to Revelation 10. I'm not an end time scholar, so bear with me. But in Revelation 10, he says, then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. He was robed in a cloud (coughs) with a rainbow above his head. His face was like the sun. His legs were like fiery pillars, holding a little scroll which lay open in his hand. He planted his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion. When he shouted, the voices of the seven thunders spoke. Ah. And when the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven say, seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. (laughs) And you read Psalm 29, three through nine, and you hear the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The God of glory thunders Listen to this. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountain skip like a calf. He makes Mount Hermon leap like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord uh, shakes the wilderness of Kadesh, the voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forest bare. In his temple, everyone shouts, everybody say glory. 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 Like something happens when the voice of the Lord comes. <laughs> and John's told, don't write it down. <laughs> and then he finishes this up in verse five and and, and he says in, in in Revelation 10, five, then the angel I had seen standing on the sea and the land raised his right hand to heaven and he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and all that is in them, and the sea and all that is in them, and said, there will be no more delay. I'm telling you, the the minute that I read that, I was like, revival's coming. There will be no more delay. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished. Just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. I told you, I'm not an end time scholar, but I was like, okay, God, what is the mystery? And I've been studying Ephesians, it's it's, it's what I'm in right now, and Ephesians 1, 9 through 11 says, God has now revealed to us his mysterious, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan, and this is his plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Supremacy of Christ, we need to preach on that word supremacy a lot more, amen? (laughs) Even in places that don't want it everything in heaven and earth furthermore because we are united with christ we have received an inheritance from god he chose us in advance and makes everything work out according to his plans and as i began to read that i just began to see the lord saying that the revival that's coming inside of our hearts is that we're going to see the authority of christ inside of our lives and here's what i saw in this and even though usually unbelief and doubt come when we're not seeing the plans of god fold like we want to see them fold out right and so he's saying this and i believe this to the core he's saying and he makes everything work out according to his plan so where we're eliminating doubt and unbelief is that we're trusting god in his plans And when we trust God in his plans, we are coming under his authority. God is beginning to move across the earth. He's moving in his church and we see revival begin to break out. And this is what he says in verse 14, the spirit is God's guarantee that we give, I'm sorry, the spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. And when there's an outpouring of praise and glory, revival is present. And so this roar of God, I feel like this roar of God releases the spirit of God to glorify and praise his name. Colossians 2, nine through 10, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to every say fullness. He is the head over every power and every authority. I want you to know if we enter totally into the Spirit's fullness, it means increasing glory. And you look behind any revival that you can read about, any any revival over the history, and you'll find a believer or a group of believers entering into the Spirit's fullness. 2 Corinthians 3.16, we see this. Whenever someone turns to the Lord and that veil is taken away, the veil is lifted and we see his fullness. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, and we all, some say all, with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit And I just I feel um, that the Lord is, is, is trying to lift the veil on those who've been doing. It. You've you've seen the Lord. This is why you came to Him. It's something, unbelief, uh, a, a lack of faith, something suppressing that, and you're you're waiting for the holy roar of the Lord. And I say it's here. It's here. Um. When when I was real quick story, and then I I don't you said seven ish. Okay, you said seven, not ish. I added the ish. Sorry. Um. When, when I was in, in, in high school and, and, then, and then a little bit in college in the summers, I'd come back and I got to work at Sedgwick County Zoo. And uh, uh, they just got a brand new lion in in those days, like straight off the safari. And um, I remember walking by the cage one day. The old lion that they had was old, toothless. He looked mean, but he wasn't, right? And this new lion, I remember walking by one day and he gave the loudest roar that I'd ever heard. And literally I dropped to my knees. I was like, whoa, I dropped to my knees. And it was like in that roar, the entire zoo came alive. You could hear the baboons. You could, it's like you could hear everything come alive in that moment from that one roar. And literally I'm, I'm thinking about what this looks like. The first thing I did is I dropped to my knees. And I really felt like the Lord said, the first thing you're gonna do when that holy roar comes, you're gonna drop to your knees in humility. Then what I did was I stood up and I was like, What was that? (laughs) There was an awe that that, that came over me. And then from that moment on, everything in the zoo in that morning was stirred. It was like that was the wake-up call to say, okay, you can start doing your things. And I truly, in my heart, I I, I felt like the Lord saying, when you hear that roar, that roar, that holy roar, that revival roar, it's going to stir you. You're going to drop to your knees in humility. You're going to stand up in awe, and then you're going to be stirred to do something about it. And this is my prayer for for the church, is that we've got this dormant faith where we've got believers living in this idea that I don't know if God can use me. I don't know if God wants to use me. I know that I've slipped. And I just, again, I want to say it, the next outbreak or the next awakening, I believe, in faith is going to be those that are lying in a dormant faith that God awakens their hearts. I'm just going to regurgitate this over and over again. That's it. And when I see the word that says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, I look at churches, I'm going, but there's thousands of workers out there. There's dormant. they are just dormant. Oh God, that you would just awaken your church. So in that prayer time, somebody brought up Ezekiel 37. It's our go-to, Right? Then he asked me, son of man, can these dry bones become alive again? Can they live again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And the Lord said, prophesy to them. Speak a prophetic message to those bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put my breath into you and make you live again. I will put my breath into you and I will make you come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And immediately I just felt like those dry bones weren't just dry bones of, of, of people. I felt like it was dry faith, dormant faith, and the Lord saying, Prophesy to that dormant faith. Prophesy to those those people of unbelief. Prophesy to those that have doubt. Prophesy to those that have fear. Prophesy, revive me again, revive me again. And it starts here. It starts here. And so So I felt like there were two parts. Just, just close out with this. I felt like it's two parts. That first revival is my own heart. The roar of the Holy One is to awaken your heart first. When, 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 the, when the Ark of the Covenant came back in and David starts throwing and disrobing and all these things and dancing before it, he wasn't dancing to try to get everybody else to dance first. Something happened in the presence of God where David says, my heart is changed. I don't care what your heart's doing right now. And I really feel like when we talk about a dormant faith, it starts right here. We talk about revival, it starts right here. This holy roar starts right here. And then I felt like then the second part of that is that then that stirs others. (laughs) The roar is heard by others. David's desire in God's presence was that the Ark of the Covenant would become the, the center of all activity again. Uh, in First Chronicles 13:13, 13, 13, So David consulted with all his officials, including the generals and captains of the army. He addressed the entire assembly of Israel. He calls everybody together. He says, "If you approve of it and it is the will of the Lord our God, let us send message to all of the Israelites throughout the land, including all the priests and Levites in their towns and pastures. Let's invite them to come and join us. It is time to bring the Ark of our God." back into the center for we have neglected it during the reign of Saul. And so this revival that's stirring in David's heart, he's now saying, now I want it to be the center of all activity again in all of our hearts. Yeah, so, I don't know, Can, so let me, let me do something real quick, let me just pray for, for us for just a minute. So, God, you're going to sort that out. God, what you want? I just, I just, I see, Father, we we want revivals, and yet we want revivals that fill stadiums. I want revivals that fill planet Earth. God, you're bigger than what we think. I want to fill a sprint stadium. God, I want to fill every stadium on planet Earth. God, help us to not see Jesus with that. Even, I know you say a little bit of faith does moves mountains, but God, I want to see with great faith. But it starts right here, Lord. And I just, I believe that there are, even folks in here in Jesus, that there's an unbelief, there's a doubt, there's a, I feel washed up. I don't know that God, can God, I just know. It over to you, Sam,
0: but can, can yeah, I want you to stay up here, please. Yeah, that, that's a good word. Um, my heart, well, I spoke of my heart, is Revelation 5. John's weeping because nobody's worthy to open, and he said, Don't weep any longer because there's the remember the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yeah, and then it says, He looked and he saw what the lamb as though they had been slain. Mm. It's the two dimensions of the revelation of Christ. I just felt in my heart that it's possible that there could be some here and that are listening that have got the revelation of the Lamb of God that's been slain. Praise God, the gospel. Mm-hmm. The blood that's been slain in the resurrection. Maybe your faith has gone a little dormant and you need a fresh revelation of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yeah. I think that's the deal. This roar is a metaphor for a revelation at the inner man that awakens a faith that overcomes and that is triumphant. He's triumphant for us when we're a sinner through the lamb, being the lamb, his lambness, and his slainness, that's (laughs) the blood that washes my sin. But he doesn't just want to be the champion that rescues me. He wants to make me a rescuer. -er. And that takes the infusion. Am I with you? You're with me. Of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Amen. We need a fresh revelation of him as king, yeah. as the roaring king that has all authority in heaven and earth. Amen. You may have the revelation that he took away your sins. That's awesome. We would never belittle that. But it's only part of what he wants to give you. Yes. So we want to, I want to, I want Aaron to pray. Does is anybody, do you know what I mean by that? Amen? Everybody? Yeah. Good? Amen. Okay. So I want I want Aaron to pray that revelation now he talked to me earlier about having us all roar <laughs> I have another idea so we're we gonna, may go
1: back to the roar though I'm just saying <laughs>
0: maybe but we're gonna we're gonna do two things I want him because something's roaring in him yeah. I want what that's what's happening in him to awaken what's in me yeah so I want him to pray biblically yeah. for us that have a lamb revelation to get a lion revelation yes, Jesus. does that make sense? I want him to do it. How many of you would like to get a deeper revelation of the lion? Amen. Of the, of the amen. lion. Amen? amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. So it's that the Bible. The Holy Spirit does it. Yeah. But we carry stuff. Yeah, amen. And he's carrying something amen. right now because he's seen that lion dynamic. So yeah. would you Amen. – I'm going to have everybody stand. Yeah. will stand. And you receive as you want to receive. And I want him to roar with prayer Yeah. over a bunch of people. Everybody that's saved, say amen. Amen. I got a bunch of Lamb of God people in here. Yeah, but we want to be a Lion of Tribe of Judah people yeah. too. Amen. So you, by the Spirit, yeah, pray it. Amen.
1: Yes, Jesus. Father, we thank you, Jesus, that you are the Lamb that was slain, perfect, Father, and holy and blameless, Jesus, that we can stand before you in the same manner. So we thank you, Father, for that revelation. But Jesus, that's part of it. (laughs) Father, we also know you to be the lion of the tribe of Judah, Father, that comes with a holy roar, that now Jesus activates what we know that we've been bought with a price, activates what we know, Jesus, that we've been gifted in you, activates what we know that the Holy Spirit has come, Jesus, upon each and every one of us, Father, to now partner with you in doing your kingdom work. And so, Father, we're asking Jesus for that revelation, for that holy roar, Father, in our hearts to be activated. Lord, we're asking, Father, for those who've been dormant no longer. No longer is there dormant seed in this room. No longer is there dormant faith in this room. We're asking Jesus for an activation in our heart that starts, God, personal revival that leads to corporate revival. We're asking God for that activation in this room, Jesus, where your sons and daughters begin to prophesy and see visions once again. We're asking God that the greater measure, Father, of faith in this room begins to birth gifts, God, in every single person. For as they said, God, earlier, that those that say, I just don't know if I'm equipped to lead a group, I don't know if I'm gifted to, God, that you, that they would know that you are the one who's roared into their life and given them the gifts. That it's by your power and your strength, says the Lord, not by my nor by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. And so God, we are roaring Jesus with your spirit in this place. We are roaring Jesus in your spirit in this place. Father, fresh revelation of the lion, of the trap of Judah, in Jesus' name.